What is up, everyone? This is the Talkin' Orange podcast. I'm Dylan Finer, and I will be joined by my co-host, Bobby Manning, to break down Syracuse's most recent matchup against Boston College and preview Syracuse's upcoming game with Pitt. Without further ado, let's talk orange. So we are here recording live. We're going to be talking about Syracuse's upcoming game against the Pittsburgh Panthers to close out Syracuse's three-game road trip. Um, I'm here with my co-host, Bobby Manning. Bobby, what's up, man? Greetings. Welcome. It's it's good to talk to you again, Dylan. And Syracuse got another win over Boston College, but you wouldn't know it by the way Jim Beheim was talking after, would you? Yes, but yeah, that post game press conference was uh was something, huh? He, he was yeah, he was really going after the team. I mean, even O'Shea Brissett, who I thought like played decently well, he was really digging into him. Um, seemed like the only two players he was content with were uh, Buddy Beheim and uh in Ty's battle. <laughs> yeah, and he was pretty much saying we 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 we'd be screwed without this guy. And that's what we were saying last week on the show, you know, he's been so valuable to this team. Another 11 for 17 30-point game. He's racking up the 30-point games. He's racking up the clutch shots, the performances late in games. He's got the comebacks, the tournament wins. Yeah. I said it last week, and I'm going to keep saying it. When this guy's done at Syracuse, he's going to go down as one of the great players in program history. Yeah, you know what? I, I really buy that. And you know what? I I think credit should be given to Jim Beheim for his call in that Boston College game with sticking with Tyus because clearly the entire offense ran through him in this game. Uh, Syracuse, without Tyus, wasn't doing anything on the offensive end. And then he comes down... Time after time, he's scoring. Uh, he is distributing pretty well. He had five assists in the first half. And so to move him over to the point guard position, because it was kind of iso ball to begin with, and then put Buddy Beheim on the floor to give the team another shooting element, uh, it was a pretty good decision, I thought. It worked out better than I thought it would. What did you think? I loved it. And James, we, we, sh- we should have James on this week to talk about Frank Howard because it does create an interesting dichotomy with having Howard off the floor and allowing Battle to get into that point guard spot. But I do think there's a case to be made to have Battle play quite a bit of point guard down the stretch of this season because we've seen him do it. He's capable of it. He can dish out the assists. He's turnover prone at times, but we know Howard is as well. So it's not like there's a massive trade-off in that aspect there. And here's what I love most about it. I think the most important lineup for Syracuse going forward for the rest of the season is going to be the one where Battle's at point guard, Buddy Bayheim is at the two, Hughes is out there at the three, and then you have some pairing of either Brissett and Dolajai or Dolajai and Sidibe. And those were lineups that the Orange were running for hefty amount of minutes throughout the BC game. And as bad as Bayheim made that game sound after it with his scathing rebuke of some of his players in the team, 
they were scorching to 40 points by halftime. They had 42 at the half. They were on their way to 80 points in the game. They dropped 77, which for this team is phenomenal. I think in the predictions I had it at 67, 64 BC, I mean uh, Syracuse or something of that degree. When this team gets up past 75, you know something's going right, and I think that lineup is what is working for them right now because you mix in shooting. You have playmaking between Battle and Dolajai. You don't sacrifice too much defense because I don't know about you, but I like the way Bayheim's defending. Yeah, so that's that's definitely something that uh, I wanted to make sure we hit on, at least briefly uh, in this review or this preview episode, uh, as well as our weekly episode coming up uh, either tomorrow night or on Sunday. Uh was Buddy Beheim's just emergence, and so I know that you talked a little bit about um, about how J- uh, the lack of playing time for Jalen Carey had a lot to do with how Tyus was playing at point guard and that shift that was happening there. However, I don't think that Tyus could effectively shift into the point guard role without Buddy Beheim yeah. emerging as that shooting threat. He's become an absolute sniper. Uh, He's 15 of 29 from three uh, in ACC play, and you can't leave him open. He's spacing the floor for you, and when defenses are drawn to Tyus, it's an easy pitch out to right to Buddy, who also is playing solid defense, as you mentioned, and he isn't turning the ball over, so he's doing exactly what Syracuse needs him to do. I, I think in the last loss to Virginia Tech, one of the biggest indictments was Bayheim's lineups, him not playing Bayheim enough, him not mixing in the shooting they needed to keep up offensively in that game. And let's be real, they got battered by Virginia Tech's offense, but they also needed to get the scoring up a little bit themselves. They, they scored under 60 points in that game. So as much as they got throttled by Justin Robinson and the rest of them, I think the Syracuse team is capable of balance, and that's what that lineup gives to them, I think. You don't lose too much of your defense. Even if you mix Chukwu in with that group, you probably save yourself defensively a little bit, and you have the offense you need to get up above 70 points, 75 points in a game. I mean, early this season, I wrote a story when they were struggling through non-conference play about how this Syracuse team is the same. They have the same problems as last year. They look like they do last year. They're probably going to be on the bubble just like last year but ever since they've started mixing in Bayheim, and you see how Hughes has impacted this team with his shooting I think it's it's different from what we expected this year you know we expected Carey to be involved and we expected Brissette to have a monster offensive year and the likes of that thing to help balance out this team but I think Bayheim and Hughes in particular and Dolzhai with his shooting as well he hit another three against BC they've differentiated this team now from last year. Whereas last year's team stunk on offense and was elite at defense, I think this year's team is great at defense and it has the potential to be really good at offense as we saw against BC. Like I was I was fully confident in the offense in that game. And I know it's because BC's defense right. kind of stinks and that all that, but within their own right, regardless of the opponent, I thought Q's played phenomenal on offense. Right. Yeah. And they did that all without a center position because yeah. <laughs> Syracuse got nothing out of its centers, you know, in that game. Because so as we know, when Pascal Chukwu sets screens, teams are just blitzing the screens right over it, uh, double teaming the ball handler in the screen and roll scenario because they know Chukwu is not a threat rolling to the rim. And then you get Sidibe in there and sometimes he can be better 
but you know you don't see that consistently and then when and then Beheim, you know will claim time and time again that Dolajai can't handle guys in the paint consistently or uh you know he he doesn't have the meat on his bones uh to be in there for long stretches but you know what man uh, if Chukwu isn't locked in defensively, to me, there is no reason to keep Dolajai off the floor at the center spot. There's a trade-off there for sure because I, I still think you're a much better defensive team when Chukwu's out there, and we've seen him have those great rebounding games this year. It, it's just frustrating because I, I think Beheim realizes this too. The effort, the jumping, the movement, as he talks about so much that's important to Chukwu's game, comes and goes on a game-by-game basis. BC has a pretty thin front line as far as height and size goes, so you think he'd be able to go into this matchup and grab a ton of rebounds and at least make his size felt in there, but he was basically a no-show in this game. There was one play where Battle hit him perfectly on an alley-oop, and he ended up going to the free-throw line on it, but where Battle put that ball, like right almost in the hoop to Chukwu's hands, it it blew my mind that the ball didn't go in. It, it floated right beneath the net on that play, and he got free throws on it. But like I don't know how that didn't become an and one. And we we know that by now with Chukwu, we know what he is. We know the upside. We know the downside. It's just I I still think a guy who's seven two seven three is so important to what you're going to do, and you need to have him involved and active in the rotation. And Sidibe, we've seen like one or two flashes from him this year, but at this point I think Chuku is still a better player than him just because you know what you're going to get more than Sidibe, who can just be completely absent in some games. And BC, six minutes, no points, three fouls, one rebound from Sidibe. I don't think this year, even next year, you can rely on him as being a consistent rotation guy because some nights he just has absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely right on the Chukwu factor that when he's locked in defensively... He he won uh, you the Duke game by him and battle and combination, and that, that counts for something. Right. Syracuse at its best is when Chukwu is locked in defensively, and even if he is a zero on the offensive end, he is giving you that basket protection that you need uh, to be successful uh, and bring this team to its potential. So uh, that being said, let's head into uh, the pit game, previewing that just a little bit. Uh, so for Syracuse, Syracuse comes into this matchup at 15 and six, six and two in the ACC. This is the last game of a three-game road trip, as I said a bit earlier, and the ninth game of ACC play. And pits back to We're being pit. There, guys. Pits back to being pit, which is uh, good for the Orange. Right, right, definitely. Pit looks like they're on the up and up. Uh, Syracuse is 69 and 45 all time against Pit, and four and one in the last five matchups. And of course, they won earlier this season. Um, Jeff Capel has turned the team around a bit after uh, Kevin Stallings' departure. Uh, under Kevin Stallings, Pitt had two straight losing seasons, um, and this year they are 12 and nine. Although they are two and six in the ACC, uh, they actually have had four straight losses that started with the loss that they had at the Carrier Dome on January 19th. They have notable wins this season against Louisville in OT and Florida State at home. And they have a bad loss against Niagara. You got anything there? Yeah, what I'll be looking for in this game is Pitt's defense and how that forces the Orange to play offensively because 
we we talked in the opener about the point guard situation and is it going to be battle is it going to be Howard for stretches of these games if I'm looking back on that first pit game where the orange won by 11 the one thing that stuck out to me most is they had a lot of really tough ball pressure on Howard and they were taking him full court sometimes uh, Nadir off their bench really gave him fits and that's the game where they ended up swapping quite a bit at point guard to try to deflect some of that pressure that Pittsburgh was throwing at them they're a tough defensive team they don't scare me offensively all that much but we get a look at that Howard and battle situation because it's no knock on Howard he's a phenomenal point guard best passer on the team maybe the best all-around defender on the team and his communication to me when he's on the floor the way he's able to connect with his teammates verbally and visually it's it's amazing to watch and what he's become in his senior season but there's going to be certain matchups like this where the orange are going to have to jumpstart that offense and get more shooters on the floor and just dig themselves out of that hole because we know this team can play great defensive nights and still lose they need that balance of offense defense and i know howard's starting to pick it up shooting wise again and he looks like a much better player of late. James seems to think he's still dealing with an injury when we were talking in the slack. I, I don't know what it is, but there's going to be matchups, and I think this is one of them where battle is going to be the preferred choice at point guard, and that doesn't mean Howard's going to be sitting on the bench all day. Obviously, he'll be rotating in, but is he going to get 35 minutes? I'm, I'm not so sure. In that BC game, what was his final minute total? I want to say it was 21 yeah, so that's, like, that's way down from where you'd expect him to be. And that that's what I think you watch for a Saturday against Pittsburgh. How much does Howard play? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Pittsburgh threw out uh, a zone look. Uh, I, was, I was watching a bit of the game tape back. They threw out a zone look for a second, and uh, Syracuse only went into halftime yeah. up three. And that was kind of because Syracuse started slow. I mean, hey, <laughs> kind of come to expect that at this point but uh especially against the zone if Syracuse isn't shooting well on on Saturday uh from behind the three-point arc this game could get close yeah and you look back at that game that was a game where you threw Buddy Beheim into the lineup around the midway point of the first half and he comes in and drills four straight threes and that gave you the separation for the rest of the game that's going to be key in this game. Bayheim continuing his shooting. Hughes continuing that shooting stretch they're on. The Orange shot 46% from three in that game against Pittsburgh last time. And they're capable of those 45-50% right. shooting nights from three-point, which like blows my mind after last year when they had nearly no three-point shooting. They're starting to differentiate themselves a little bit, and it's right. so encouraging to me. This one's going to be another nice test for them because they, they're versed in a scrappy defensive team. They'll be able to defend in their own right against Pittsburgh. Can you score enough to walk away from this one with the victory that you should get? That's what you get to watch for. Right. Yeah, definitely. So quick notes on uh, Pitt uh, as a team. They've taken the 13th most free throws in the country. So they get to the free throw line quite often. And I think that's just a testament to how well they drive the basketball and how much they attack the rim. Obviously, it will be a little tougher against Syracuse's 2-3 zone, but they'll definitely be aggressive trying to get the ball inside. They're shooting just 31% from three, which is 11th in the ACC. Uh, 
that number obviously is bad. Yeah. That's really bad. Um, so hopefully, so hopefully Syracuse you know, they just remi- packs it in in this one. They remind and, me a little uh, bit forces- of UConn in that it's just a bunch of slashers, not a lot of passing and ball movement. It's a lot of direct one-on-one attack. And you, you do have a guy like Wilson Frame who can pull off a 7-for-15 night in that capacity. But, you know, Xavier Johnson's a nice up-and-coming player. Um, Tony is well for them. But when you're approaching the zone that way, just trying to attack it head-on, it's very difficult. They shot 33% in that first matchup and only assisted 8 of their 22 buckets. So that gives the offense, uh, the Orange, a pretty dominant hand in this game, I think, even on the road. For sure. Uh, yeah, they're also giving up the most yeah, o- offensive rebounds in the conference. Uh so if if Syracuse can attack the offensive glass uh, between O'Shea Brissett and Pascal Chukwu specifically, because they've been pretty active on the offensive glass this year, uh, Chukwu with his tip-outs and Brissett with his putbacks, um, Syracuse could definitely get some second-chance points and give themselves an edge in this one. Um, so to move on to some key players, as you just mentioned, Xavier Johnson, 6'3", freshman guard. Uh, he played all 40 minutes against the Orange last time. Uh, he had 17 points and seven rebounds, but he did turn the ball over six times. He's a 42% three-point shooter. Yeah, for the he season. was he was impressive to me the way he got into the lane and the way he finished in some capacity. But the orange did hone in on that in the second half. He gave them their only bit of shooting that they had in that game too. It was a 31% night from them from three-point land. They're trying to find themselves offensively because this team's still just so new. All these pieces, their two leading scorers are freshmen. They only have very few pieces coming back from last year. Wilson Frames really the only one I recognize from last year's team. They overhauled things big time there, and they did have an impressive non-conference stretch. But into ACC play, they're hitting the fire now. After that Syracuse loss... They go on and lose to NC State in a close one. They beat Florida State, and then you know they can run to Duke, Louisville, Clemson on the road. It's just uh, we we know what the ACC is, team after team, up and down the schedule. And if you're not able to develop some sort of consistent offense, then you're gonna really hit a wall in this conference. And it looks like they're starting to hit that right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so Xavier Johnson, what's interesting with him is he did turn the ball over six times, uh, and he's a talented freshman guard. And this is the second time seeing the zone, so it might be interesting to see if he can, you know, uh, decrease those turnovers because it is his second time seeing the zone uh, and find some areas to exploit the zone. Um, we'll we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, on, I w- on, uh, on Saturday. Otherwise, they got Trey yeah, McGowan. I will say He's that another... is a factor that, that you have to think of because it brings me back to the BC games last year. The Eagles kind of looked inept at the Dome in the first game, turning over the ball a ton. They had a good offensive team, but didn't turn out anything in that first game. And then the second game at BC, they came out and just buried the Orange defense. So that's certainly a possibility. Yeah, so... Uh... Yeah, definitely uh, should a little more concerning, especially on the road. Uh, as you're saying, uh, they're seeing the zone for the second time. Trey McGowan's another 6'3 freshman guard uh, who's averaging 13 points, four rebounds a game. Uh, he really struggled last time he in Syracuse. I expect him to have a better performance. He's been one of Pitt's more consistent contributors. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's certainly possible they bounce back, but I'm looking at the point totals the last four games, and that includes the Syracuse one, 63, 64, 51, 69. That's the wrong side of 70 in all those games, and it's certainly not going in a good direction in that sense. They had come off a 75-point performance against FSU in the upset win there. They had 80 against NC State, 89 against Louisville the first time around. They had something going on offense, and they've just lost it over this last losing streak. Yeah, definitely. And then you got to look out for Wilson Frame, obviously. Uh, Jared Wilson Frame, he's a 38.5% three-point shooter this season. He scored 19 points last time against Syracuse. Uh, hit, hit five triples, so uh, definitely got to make sure that we're keen, you know, on, it's interesting. keen in on him a little bit. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll uh, so narrative time. Narrative. This oh, Pittsburgh team is actually a Quadrant 2 team. Did you know that? Yeah, so... I don't know if they still Did are and if that. this game's going to count as Q2 after the losses they've picked up since, but that first win over Pittsburgh at home was a Quadrant 2 win for the Orange. So if they could grab two, well, two yeah, Q2 and then wins as you, against Pitt, that's not bad. Definitely. And as you know, uh, it games on the road, uh, they, they'll group in more teams to count as Quadrant 2. So you could play a worse team on the road uh and get and move that one bump that one up to quadrant two they counter or they include the uh the home road difference or neutral yeah. site difference uh within their system of yeah, B- bc uh, quantifying bc quadrants. actually does count as so narratives time I'm sure that's a big part of it definitely yeah of course because we are on the road so narratives time uh if if syracuse wins uh not sure it means much uh, I mean, I guess we're confident, you know, coming coming home to take on a Florida State team that's been reeling of late. Uh, Syracuse should win here, so I'm not sure we're we're especially ecstatic unless we do it in convincing fashion. Um, but if Syracuse loses, this might be the more interesting question. Uh, it's going to bring us back to that feeling here, after the Georgia Tech loss, and I know that was a home loss that just looked horrific. So after that, we're just like, all right, what are we what are we really working with here? But it is going to be one of those overreaction games if they lose because there's no reason they should lose this game. The way Pittsburgh's playing, the way Syracuse is playing, they look like two teams head in different directions. Even though it's a road game, even though they could probably sustain this loss, even though they are really picking up the bad losses at this point in the season, it'll be a lot of overreaction if they lose. But right. it'll just add into the fact that this team is inconsistent, streaky, and sometimes disjointed this year. They're doing a better job with it of late, but they do have those games where they just inexplicably come up short. I, I really don't see any way they lose this game, but I, I can foresee their reaction to it if they do. Right, yeah, so Syracuse is has six wins in ACC play so far, and by my count, so with this, this is, uh, we're down to the final stretch, this is one of our ten final games, after, after Pitt will only have nine left, and by my count, including this Pittsburgh game, Syracuse is only going to be favored in four of their final ten matchups, that means that this one, in order to get to 11 wins, which we've kind of established uh, over at noonsmagician.com, John Casillo wrote an article, we've kind of, of kind of established 11 as like what we need to be at to be pretty confident we're going to be in the tournament. 
And with just four games remaining uh, that we'll likely be favored in, this is not a game that Syracuse can afford to drop. So definitely the mood yeah, takes a downturn. Yeah, we remember a couple of years ago the Orange got into the tournament after a late losing streak in the year. I want to say, was that the Final Four year where they lost four games in a row? I think it was late in the year, and they still got into the tournament. It might, it, it might, yeah. So that's certainly possible right, yep, this they, year if they build up that resume enough where they take care of the teams that they need to late in the season. That's BC, that's Pitt, that's Wake Forest, and Clemson. Those are the four games you're probably mentioning with the favorites. Uh, you give yourself room for one upset. I think that's going to be that Florida State game because Florida State's slipped off a little bit of, as this year's gone on. You're at home. You've been playing well lately. That's going to be their prime upset area right there. Then you take that. You take BC. Yes, Syracuse yeah, could I'm, be favored. I'm, I'm just saying once once you follow on, those you potential three straight wins that are coming up, I don't. It's not out of the realm of possibility at all that you lose the next four right in a row. So that's NC State, that's Louisville, that's Duke, and then UNC. That's just a monster stretch for that team coming up. And then you have Virginia very shortly after that. So there is going to be a sour taste possibly in the committee's mouth in the you know viewers mouth of this orange team as they end the year just because of who they're playing so you have to build up that resume before then of the teams that you should beat to combine that with the duke upset and maybe you pull one of these upsets out but you know you look at the schedule coming up you're not going to win all these games you're probably not going to win more than 50 percent of these games just because of how terribly they've been scheduled i mean think of the schedule this year dylan they're one of three teams in the ACC to get a three-game road trip, which they're currently on, and then all these teams that they stacked at the back end of their schedule—it's just brutal. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of what Pitt's going through right now. Pitt has seen us, Duke, Louisville, uh, and then a couple other tough teams. I don't know. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head who they've seen. But this three-game or four-game losing streak that Pitt is on. Uh, They've, they've been getting rocked yeah. by some tough and competition. These are teams hitting their stride, too. NC State so, almost beat Virginia last week. Louisville is one of the best stories in college basketball, I'd say. They went from a new coach at the beginning of the year, jumping into the top 25, and they look like one of the most dangerous teams in the country, period, right now. So they are going to be a phenomenal challenge at home. U- UNC, we were talking about this last week. It feels like the Orange never beat UNC, so... It's it's loaded, right? Definitely. So prediction yeah, time, Bobby. You got a prediction for us? Thirteen. I don't think it's going to be a massive challenge. They are finding themselves as far as lineups go. They have the defense to keep Pittsburgh down below seventy, as almost every team has of late. And I think they'll have enough offense to get that second half burst and take this game fairly easily. Sure, sure, sure. I've got a, I've got Syracuse seventy eight sixty eight. So by ten points, that should be enough uh, to cover. Similar to your total, I guess. Um, Syracuse didn't have this. <laughs> yeah, it should be. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think there's a spread available yet. Uh, it's probably going to be coming available. You know, within the next couple hours. Um, yeah, no spread available yet. Uh, I'll guess the spread is going to be around yeah. six, maybe I, I'd go eight, seven and a half, six to eight area. Uh, so I'm going to take the, I'm going to take Syracuse to even... cover. 
There might even yeah. be a bet in place. So I'll go Syracuse. I won't say if there is or not, but there might be. <laughs> yeah, I'll go Syracuse covers. Uh, they didn't have this game in the bag last time. They were up just three and a half. Uh, and it took some hot shooting to pull out the win. I think Syracuse is a better shooting team uh, than their season-long numbers indicate. And we're kind of seeing that round into form. Um, so I, I think Syracuse is going to ultimately win this game, even if it does mean that it they have to be overcome. A surprise. So that, that's all I got on this one. Like. Any other things you want to throw out there, Dylan, before we uh, probably talk this weekend? No, no. Uh, so that'll that'll wrap up this Pittsburgh preview episode. Uh, we'll be recording our weekly episode called Unpeeling Syracuse Basketball. That'll be on Saturday after the game or on Sunday. Uh, expected posted sometime on Sunday. Um, and then otherwise, uh, I'm Dylan Finer at Defines31 on Twitter. Bobby is at at yeah, re- people at always screw that up. Real Bob Manning? Real Bob Manning, a real Bobby Manning. It's uh, real Bob Manning. At real Bob Manning. Uh, and so that'll do it for this episode of Talking Orange. Thank you for tuning in, everyone, and let's go Orange. Orange.